Welcome to Trade Finance Talks, a podcast from Trade Finance Global. During this series, we'll be hearing from global experts, as well as learning about the latest trends, technology and insights in the world of international trade and receivables finance. Episode 59. We can put any type of electronic signature into the document. So once sort of the document is created, the content is in there, it's hashed and then it's signed electronically and we add this electronic signature to the document and then we hash it again. My name is Tepesh Patel, editor at Trade Finance Global. Digitalization often takes over conversations when it comes to making trade more efficient. It's well documented that trade is an incredibly paper-heavy, inefficient and unsustainable business right now. But the insurmountable task of digitizing trade is rather complex. So in today's podcast, we take a break from the compulsory habits of bringing up standards and interoperability. We go back to the basics and talk about paper. We argue that the paper document is the best standard in trade, and it works, albeit with some challenges. If we can therefore replicate how a paper document in its exact form behaves and move this online, are we addressing the biggest pain points? By understanding how paper documents work, for example, the bill of exchange, we explore whether trace original by Inigio is an alternative way of approaching digital trade. So with that in mind, I'm delighted to be joined by Gunnar Collin, Head of Sales and Marketing at Inigio. Gunnar, welcome to Trade Finance Talks. Thank you, Depeche. Very happy to be here. So introduction and my quick elevator pitch. Who are you? Where are you from? And what do you do? Yeah, so I'm from Sweden. I'm the head of sales and marketing at uh, the small tech company Inigio. And what I do these days is that I, I market our solution Trace Original that you so well introduced, but I think we're going to talk a little bit more about that. As for my background, I've been working over 30 years in different banks, mainly in operations, but more specifically in trade operations. So I'm very familiar with sort of what's going on behind the scenes in, in a financial institution when it comes to trade finance operations. Thanks very much, Gina. So Let's talk about paper to start off with, and and we don't really talk about paper documents enough. Can you explain the advantages of paper documents such as a bill of exchange? Yes, I'm not very keen to talk about sort of the advantages of paper, but would really like to talk about is the fact that I think we have forgotten sort of what the paper represents. Okay, so... When we think about digitization and going online and do things in a digital manner, I think often we focus on sort of content, what's written on a piece of paper, on a paper document. And we tend to forget that the actual document represents a lot of things in itself. Because for one thing, with paper, you can distinguish the original from the copy. That's one key feature. You also know exactly what's written on a piece of paper and what's not written on a piece of paper. You are able sort of to transfer the ownership just by handing over the physical sheet of paper from one person or one entity to another one. 
And there are actually use cases where your counterpart would sort of expect to receive something in form of a document and structured in the form of a document would be good just to take a step back and actually think about the actual properties of a sheet of paper. This is why I think that there are advantages with paper documents. Thank you. And I think it's really good to take that step back and look at it from that value. I mean, would you go so far as saying paper is one of the best standards in trade? I think it's a very basic standard. And this is really me coming back to the fact that sort of the traditional way of exchanging information is sort of putting it down on a piece of paper and then send it if you're not talking over the phone or anything else. But this is a very traditional way. And this is the way all your counterparts would expect to receive information, right? And to sort of build on that, the paper is really good in the sense that you can sort of create whatever document you want. If you have a piece of paper, you can do a bill of exchange, you can do a bill of lading, you can do an invoice. You can put any type of content onto the paper document and the receiver will actually understand what he or she receives. So I think this is really the forgotten standard because what I see today is that everyone is screaming, oh, we need standards, we need to do things in a new way and in a different way. We need all the laws to change and we need everyone to be in agreement. But I think this a little bit overambitious. Obviously, we could standardize many, many things or a lot of content. But at the end of the day, the sheet of paper is still a very, very good standard. It's a very, very good standard, to be honest. Absolutely. So what is Enigio then? And where did the idea come from? The background of Enigio is really in archiving. And uh, archiving, I've learned this quite uh, not too long ago, is actually a science. And if you think about it, it's one of the oldest sciences that's out there. And if you think about it, it's really, really key when you archive things that you actually know what you're putting into the archives. You can be 100% sure that you're sort of pulling out the same thing tomorrow or 100 years from now. It's also very important that you don't lose whatever you put into an archive. You need to be able to search and, and you need to be able to manage your archive properly. And this is what my colleagues are really good at. Uh, In addition to that, they're very techy. They're into technology. So that's the reason we have been focusing on creating technical solutions, uh, basically for managing and storing and retrieving and interchanging uh, sort of data, digital data. So this is the background of the company. And a couple of years back, sort of my very geeky, I shouldn't say geeky, but they're really good at what they're doing. They're very sort of specialized. So they came across an old banking colleague of mine, Lars Ansi, and he realized that what they were doing was really good technology-wise. It was really good to recreate the paper into the digital world. And the reason he came to think about it was that he had, as I mentioned, a very long history and, and competence around sort of managing documents in in banks and the key documents that everyone has had very many difficulties in in digitizing are basically sort of the negotiable instruments and the documents of title, the documents where you need sort of to be in possession of the original and so forth. This is why everything came together and we worked on this solution. 
So I guess going into a bit more detail on that, and I guess focusing on one of Energia's products, Trace Original, what is Trace Original? Is it a digital negotiable instrument? And also just for our listeners, can you explain what DNI is very briefly? Yes, of course. So Trace Original, as I mentioned, is just a digital paper, if you wish, a technical solution that was actually designed to comply with this Swedish debt law from 1936. And it was designed in order for us to be able to digitize a freely negotiable instrument. Well, a negotiable instrument, for instance, is a bill of exchange. And it's really all around being able, as I mentioned previously, to be able to distinguish the original from the copy. It's also all about making sure that the one who is actually in control over the current original can do whatever he or she wants with this particular original, continue writing on it or invalidate it or send it to someone else. So it's also about being able to transfer ownership from one party to another so the new owner can continue being in control of the original and also write on it and do so as many times as is needed or as long as someone wants sort of to take over ownership from someone else. It's also all about, as I mentioned, and this is also sort of one of the dimensions of the solution because it was created to comply with current legislation as long as whatever legislation is out there is technology neutral. Because if you read current legislation, there are a lot of requirements on a negotiable instrument. It has to be a haven. It has to do a lot of things. You need to be able to comply with all of those. And we think and what we have seen is that we comply with any requirement that is out there on sort of a a negotiable instrument, apart from we are not on paper, we are digital, but otherwise we comply. And that is really key because at the end of the day, for someone to decide to work with our digital documents, they need to be sure that they can stand in front of a judge in a court of law and actually prove that they are the holder of the one original that actually contains sort of the promise that is written therein. Did that answer your question? Yes, yes, it did, kind of. I mean, I remember you said once, I think it was at a Hyperledger webinar, don't digitize everything, digitize the document. So let's say, and look, I've got a post-it note in in front of me and I'm writing right now bill of exchange on it. There we go. So I've got a, a hypothetical bill of exchange in my hand. How can this behave in a totally digital format? Yeah, so this is the trick then. I think this is a good example. So what we do is that you have a piece of paper. We just have a a file, right? And then you write something on the piece of paper. We replicate that by adding content to this digital file. So that's not very complicated. The next step is that in order for us to be able to prove where this particular file starts and where it ends and what content is actually defined within this file, we use these uh, one-way functions, the, the hash algorithm. So this is just a mathematical way of securing the content. So we create a hash that is sort of the result of this particular content. This is the proof of the existence of this particular content. 
And also, as I mentioned, my colleagues, they are really, really techy guys. So they built their own blockchain. We are sort of a blockchain company, but we don't use the blockchain for solving all the problems. We only use the blockchain for publishing the evidence of the existence of this particular file. Once the the file is created and once content is added to it and once it's hashed, it's sort of a sealed container, if you wish, a sealed container of data in cyberspace and the hash goes on to the blockchain. So anyone who actually comes across this particular data file, they can check whether or not the content is correct or if it has been manipulated. So the only thing they need to do is just show it to our blockchain or the notary service, if you wish. And the notary service will just say yes or no, because it won't know anything about the content, but can actually compare the hash to the data. And that's the first thing. The second thing This is done a lot, this particular thing, but you need sort of to be able to create documents with some kind of value and a document with value needs someone to promise something, right? In the physical world, if you created your bill of exchange on this post-it note, there needs to be an amount and someone needs to promise someone else to pay something at the future date and then sign this promise. So typically, if you promise that you're going to pay me something you, and then you sign it. In our case, our documents get signed with your digital signature. This might sound more complicated than it actually is because there are a lot of electronic signatures out there. There are different sort of types, different standards. And what we do, we don't really care. So we can put any type of electronic signature into the document. So once sort of the document is created, the content is in there, it's hashed, and then it's signed electronically. And we add this electronic signature to the document, and then we hash it again. And therefore, sort of the signature becomes an integrated part of the document, and it will actually stay in the document throughout its whole lifetime. And it's always possible sort of to prove that it's in there and who has actually signed it. So I would suggest that this is a hundred times better than a wet signature on a piece of paper because you can do so many checks and you can go back and you can really see who actually did what point in time. There is one more thing I need to say in this because I've been going on about the fact that you can actually own and you can transfer ownership of our documents. We work with another technical component that if you're a tech guy, you know this really well. If you're not the tech guy like I am, it's a little bit more, I shouldn't say complicated, but it takes some time before you really understand how it works. So once the document is created, a cryptographic key pair is created also. And the key pair consists of a public key and a private key. So our system writes the public key into the document and also publishes the public key on the blockchain. And this means that since I'm in possession of the private key, this is sort of my pen that I can use to write on the document. If I go to the notary service, I show the notary service the document and I show the notary service that I have the private key that corresponds to the public key that's actually a part of the document, I can continue writing on the document. And I can also order sort of the transfer of this document to a new 
holder or a new owner of the document. If I own your post-it note with your signature on it, uh, the PESH, and if I want to sell this particular post-it note back to you, okay? So the only thing you need to do is that you need to create a cryptographic key pair and you will have to send me your public key. And then I will write your public key into the document because I'm the current owner of the original. I have the corresponding private key. But once I've written your public key in the document and publish that on the blockchain, I lose his control over the documents. You are now in control because your private key corresponds to the public key that's in the document. So now I can email you the document and you can continue doing whatever you want with this document. And this is basically how the system works on high level. That makes sense. And I think actually it's important to remember that this is complementary to e-signatures. What about the law? Uncitral M letter hasn't been adopted everywhere or all around the world. How can trace original documents be accepted in perhaps a, an English court of law? First of all, just remember this, that the solution was designed to comply with whatever laws are out there. But as is the case, I cannot go into, because I would sort of get lost, but the English Bill of Exchange Act was actually issued in 1882, right? There is nothing around paper in, in the actual act. But I think in the UK, there is some kind of agreement that sort of a bill of exchange has to be in a tangible form, okay? It has to be physical. And therefore, our solution wouldn't make that requirement as it stands today. And then what you can do, and this is what we've been working with the International Trade and Forfeiting Association around, is that you can actually make an agreement in the actual document that you agree to do this a normal payment undertaking, not necessarily a bill of exchange. And therefore, whatever agreement you write in the document would be the agreement that would be applicable to this particular instrument. Obviously, this is not the ideal situation, but it's a really good workaround. However, we are quite confident that sort of the UN's model law for electronic transferable records, which is actually a really good model law that sort of gives anyone or any jurisdiction the opportunity to make it possible to go into a technologically neutral space. So as long as any instrument fulfills all the requirements in current law, it shouldn't be denied legal effect solely on the ground that it's in a, in a digital form. And this is from what I understand that the Law Commission is studying as we speak. And uh, this is actually what has already happened in, in Abu Dhabi and in Singapore and in Bahrain. But again, you still have technical solution that fulfills all the old requirements, if you wish. What's up on the radar for Inigio in the next perhaps six to 12 months? And uh, if other constituents or parties are interested, how should they get in touch with you? They can just phone us or send us an email. We are also now setting up with the International Trade and Forfeiting Association where you can actually easily go and get access to our demo solution. 
And if you would like sort of to do a POC in-house just to test and, and look at our toys, you can do that for a very, very small amount of money. And then obviously you can have a look at our full solution at any time. So it's just to get in contact with us. The thing for us currently is just, First of all, make people aware of that there is a sort of a new solution out there that is taking, has taken sort of a different angle to everything else. And I should also say, since you're asking, it's not very difficult to test, to be honest, and it's not very expensive either, because again, we are not sort of providing sort of a platform that everyone has to sign up for. We are just providing a new printer interface, if you wish. So when you get to the point where you today print your document, you can just change that to create Trace Original and then you sort of print the digital document instead. It's not more complicated than that. The only thing you need to think about is that if you're going to send your document or sell your document or transfer your document to another party, that party actually needs to understand what this is But that's the only thing they need to do. They don't have to buy anything. They don't have to pay anything. They don't have to install any new processes or software, anything like that. You can, the only thing you need to access and manage our solution is just, you just need a computer and access to the internet. That's all. And once the document has been created, it's free. So no additional fees or anything like that. Thank you very much, Gunnar. And I guess it's a such an interesting perspective thinking about trade digitalization from a completely different lens. So I guess you know, we all need to have a think about changing our printer ink cartridges and, and let's start thinking about the paper document or the document itself. Gunnar, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on Trade Finance Talks. Thanks for coming on. And I guess next time we'll probably be speaking about a real case study. Look forward to speaking to you next time. Likewise, big thank you, Lukesh. Thanks for listening to Trade Finance Talks. Be sure to subscribe to our podcasts at tradefinanceglobal.com.